11 straight wins. There doesn't seem to be a single test the Suns cannot pass. It's hard to find anything to be negative about, and that is the best place to be. We'll break down another win, another double-digit win, to extend the streak to 11 on today's Locked on Suns. Network, your team every day. We are back. This is Locked On Phoenix Suns. We are part of the Locked On Podcast Network, and I'm your host, Brendan Clean, a contributor at suns.com, as well as Dime Magazine and a credential media member covering the Suns the past five seasons. Thank you for making Locked On Suns your first listen each and every day. Thank you for finding us on YouTube and your favorite podcast platform. We are free and we are everywhere, and the best way to keep us both of those things is to listen to follow along, and to subscribe. So if you have done that, thank you very much. If you have not or you know someone in your life who has not, go ahead and tell everybody, friends, family, all the Suns fans that you know, to listen and to subscribe. That is a great way to support the show and keep growing this little community we have here. It's been a fun season and there's a lot more to go. We don't even know what the trade deadline is going to look like. We are not even... Close to the playoffs yet, so much, much more to get to. But as I said yesterday, it's a fun and interesting kind of inflection point in the season right now. And obviously the, the deadline will, will bring some change and the, the real stretch run where the playoff seating starts to get decided and all that is is in the not-too-distant future. But right now this team really feels like it is hitting its stride. 121-111 over Brooklyn at home tonight. James Harden did return to play, as did DeAndre Ayton and Jay Crowder. So fairly close to fully healthy squads, or I guess as close to it as you're going to get in this NBA season. So a lot to break down from this game. Today's show, guys, brought to you by PrizePix. Check out prizepix.com and use the promo code NBA or go to the App Store and download the PrizePix app today. PrizePix is daily fantasy made easy. So... The way that I've been thinking about this season in a lot of ways for the Suns is as a series of tests, I would say especially since that first streak, the 18-game win streak. It came so early in the season, and they basically proved a lot in terms of the ability to to dominate, the ability to string together wins, the ability to get contributions up and down the roster, to play together as a team, and honestly, just to shake the cobwebs off, you know, in terms of the finals and and losing and and coming so close, the ability to just look past that and and actually even improve on it, it, it that was a huge part. And ignoring the DeAndre Ayton noise with the contract extension, ignoring ignoring the Robert Sarver noise with that investigation, that was what a lot of the first month or two of the season was for me. And then you started to really get the opponent tests. The Warriors twice, the Grizzlies twice, the Jazz twice, although those games didn't teach us a whole ton. And now we are in a a situation. I know that the Suns actually did play the Nets once already on the road, but Kyrie Irving was not playing and James Harden played pretty poorly. He's slowly picked it up, I guess you could say, and is looking a little bit more like himself lately. So that game, you know, learned something from it. Didn't feel like the the typical Nets. 
this one, no Kevin Durant, but this was the latest test. And then, of course, coming up, we have a, you know, a road trip on the East Coast to learn a little bit from with Chicago and Philadelphia, and then a home game against the Nets next weekend, or against the Bucks next weekend. So that's really where we are with the test, the, the trials and tribulations of the season right now is how do the Suns go out and handle individual teams? How do they approach it? How do they hold up? How do they stack up? How do they, do they win? Do they succeed? That is where my mind is. And obviously Brooklyn presents a fairly sizable one, even without Kevin Durant, a fairly sizable test. And obviously with a double digit win, the Suns handled it. They succeeded. They did the thing you want to do when you face a team that's formidable, which is win, which is to beat them. But Deeper than that, even, I think, also, you have to respect what the Suns were able to accomplish in this win tonight from a stylistic perspective, because Brooklyn, similar to Houston, I would say, when Harden was there, and, and obviously we know Chris Paul has intimate experience with that, they they grind the game down. It's, it's a big reason why people don't like watching James Harden, and I have to admit it's somewhat surprising that we would see, you know, Kevin Durant cape to that a little bit uh, in a way, like adjust himself. It's not typically what you would associate that pecking order being, but at the same time, I don't think there is a Kevin Durant style. He's so special because he can just meld with whatever's around him and, and be excellent in that way and, and be efficient and, and versatile and all the things that he is. But without him, it does start to feel a little bit like those Rockets teams, and you, you see it. The pace was slowed to a halt, really, a, a crawl in this game. Both teams got to the free throw line quite a bit. There were obviously a lot of threes, that, but, but a lot of one-pass threes. You know, this I would say the Suns are, are better at it, but even they did not really have to run their most special, intricate offense tonight because... They were at their best when they could score off of turnovers. They scored 15 points off of Brooklyn's 16 turnovers. Or when they could rebound and get out and run, they out-rebounded the Nets by four in this game. So, you know, the normal way that the Suns affect games wasn't always there tonight either. And that they still won and they were able to kind of handle the iso ball stuff they were able to you know Kyrie had a pretty awesome night but Harden as a scorer was not himself he was more of a facilitator i guess you could say tonight and there are other guys i mean there just aren't a lot of them at this point there's not a lot of the other guys to do much but Patty Mills did not really do a whole ton he was in foul trouble Nick Claxton wasn't able to get going as a finisher, Blake Griffin did a little, but wasn't much of a threat because a lot of his shots came from deep. Like, you just didn't really see the other guys beat them. The Suns were willing to give up some points from the Stars, and then they were able to really slow the game down and, and win it win it ugly. And that is the test when you face Brooklyn. And so not only did the Suns kind of seize the moment, and you could tell they took it seriously because DeAndre Ayton came back, Jay Crowder came back and the Suns played their guys a lot of minutes and they're not really one to roll over in any matchup but I think this one did seem to mean a little bit to them and in addition to that they they kind of fought fire with fire so to speak I mean the Suns did their thing I mean 26 assists and 
everybody's getting involved and the, the backcourt is leading the way. Like this looked like a Suns win, don't get me wrong, but they were also able to match what it is Brooklyn likes to do and, and not let that burn them too much either. So that's where this season is headed. I mean, we're going to see a few more in the coming weeks and then we have another matchup to watch between the Suns and the Jazz and then the Suns and the Warriors in the spring. But that's that's where my mind is and, and they pass this one with flying colors. So excellent to see. The other big thing I think you have to say that uh, the Suns showed us in this game, but it honestly have been showing us lately is the way that the starting backcourt, that the superstar backcourt that this team has, the way that they fit, the way that they've improved and learned and 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 meshed even better than they did last season. And in a game where they were facing another superstar backcourt in Brooklyn, I think it's worth checking in on that and how the Suns were able to overcome the opposition tonight. First, so another quick word from Prize Picks. The best and the easiest daily fantasy game out there. Here's how easy it is. You just pick two to five players and an over-under on their projections, you can win up to 10 times on any entry. It's just you versus the projected numbers. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. You can pick folks, players across sports. Prize picks is safe and offers fast withdrawals. And again, no pool, no opponent, no one-on-one. It is you versus the projections. And here's what I mean. Prize picks offers any prop you can think of from point score to rebounds to steals to rushing yards to home runs, whatever you want to do. Prize picks, again, they allow mixed sport entry. So let's say you want to hit the over on Devin Booker points if you feel good about him continuing this hot streak, but you don't feel too good about the Bengals in the Super Bowl. So maybe you're going to go under on Joe Burrow passing yards. It's all there. It's all on prize picks, and it's all easy and simple and fun. For a limited time, PrizePix has an exclusive no-brainer offer for all of our Locked On listeners. You will get $50 free if a player in your first PrizePix entry scores a single point, which of course they will, but you must use the code NBA. That's right, an exclusive offer available to Locked On listeners only. Sign up today and use the code NBA for $50 free if a player in your first PrizePix entry scores a single point. PrizePix Daily Fantasy made easy. Today's show also brought to you by our new friends at TurboTax. And just in the nick of time, because it is tax season, we all know how helpful TurboTax can be. People think unusual circumstances mean complicated taxes, but for TurboTax live experts, that's what makes things interesting. We all have unique lives, whether you invested in crypto for the first time this year, you own an up-and-coming small business, or you're just raising rambunctious Twins. Luckily, TurboTax Live has experts who can answer your tax questions, walk you through the whole process, or even do your taxes for you from start to finish. They help you get every deduction you deserve, no matter your unique situation, and you can talk to a TurboTax Live expert through your phone or computer without even leaving your house. TurboTax Live experts are here to help however you need, and if you need an extra hand, hand your taxes off to them, and they'll do it all right away for you hassle-free. TurboTax Live experts, an interesting life can mean an even greater refund. Visit TurboTax.com to learn more. You do your thing. They've got your taxes. 
Intuit TurboTax Live. Okay, let's break down the Suns superstars here because they've been showing us not only individual brilliance, but a combination and an ability to play off of one another that I think is going underappreciated. So tonight, 55 combined points, 10 combined rebounds, 16 assists, just four turnovers. Absolutely unreal stuff. They are 18 of 25 from the field, or 18 of 35 combined from the field, 4 of 12 from deep, 15 of 16 from the free throw line, about as good as you will ever see. They both played around 40 minutes on top of that and looked as fresh as you could have asked for come the fourth quarter in spite of that. So look, the box score numbers tell you plenty. It's not exactly difficult to uh, to ride the the numbers themselves and, and make a pretty convincing case that this is one of the most impressive special duos in the entire NBA. But I think we are also seeing them start to crack the code of some of the things that 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 punished them, that tricked them, that confused them last season. And we saw a few more of those examples tonight. So one is, and Monty Williams talked about this post game, the blitzing. And what that is for anybody who maybe doesn't know the term or doesn't remember the term is when the defender, the big man will blow up the pick and roll, basically not even allow the screen to really be set, not even allow the ball handler to come off of it. Basically, the big man is going to push the ball handler out further away from the pick, further away from the three-point line, and try to kind of end the play before it even begins. That was something that the Nets could do because Nick Claxton, because Blake Griffin, they have these smaller, more versatile big men. They don't have the traditional ground-bound guys, and so... The Nets tried it. The Suns have historically struggled against this. We've talked about it before. Chris Paul has said that if he was a defensive a coach crafting a defensive scheme, he would blitz himself. He talked about Willie Green doing that when the Pelicans played the Suns early in the season, that that is the most convincing way. We've seen Devin Booker really struggle when he has to adjust there, but you would not know any of that from how well the Suns handled it tonight. They did not look like they had an issue whatsoever. Obviously, only four turnovers, I think probably being the biggest statistical showing of that, but the fact that the Suns scored 121 points should be another obvious way to see that that was not something that really scared them too bad. Secondly, switching, right? Switching was something that the Suns really struggled with. Even if you look back at the Nets game last year, where it was no Kyrie and no KD, and yet James Harden came into town with a bunch of role players. I believe Joe Harris was healthy at that point. Um, but I think it was actually before Blake Griffin even played for the Nets. And Harden put on a complete tour de force. I think was like 30-10-10. and 10. I just remember like a massive game from him, and everybody's hitting shots. Tyler Johnson is getting in on the fun. I believe Landry Shamit had a pretty nice game that night, and Harden comes back. I think they were down by 25, Brooklyn was, and, and came back to win the game, and that showed how much that versatility and switching could really punish the Suns. I remember that being kind of one of the first times that we saw those small ball types of teams do a number on this Suns team. Charlotte did it. And then obviously in the playoffs, it was more the defensive versatility that that hurt the Suns. And 
predictably, the Clippers were a tough matchup. They were a tough matchup in the regular season, then especially so in the playoffs. And then, of course, we saw the Bucks be able to confuse the Suns in some ways, although I don't think it was always the switching that actually hurt them so badly. It was some of the other defensive schemes and, and game plans that, that the Bucks were able to execute with their size, but it was a through line last season, and it was a big thing we talked about a lot into the offseason of can the Suns come up with more answers there, and I think the answer has so far been that Devin Booker and Chris Paul have just figured it out. I mean, in this game, do this do the Nets have the, the the most incredible defensive players individually at this point right now? No. I mean they don't. Um with Bruce Brown for some reason not playing a, a whole ton, although I, I know he's on the smaller end anyway, with the roster being built the way that it is. I, I mean it's it's not a fearsome defensive switching unit, but it is the way that they play and they're they're comfortable with that. And in spite of all of that, the Suns just completely annihilated it. I mean, I think at this point, the Suns know that that's coming, and they just are comfortable kind of settling into a quick decision on, okay, am I going to just take the shot over this guy or get past him? And I think that's when it's Paul and Booker the most common thing. Or are we just going to keep running our stuff because odds are some some opening in the armor is going to become exposed and we're going to be able to attack it, whether or not you know, there's a big scary guy in front of us or not. I mean, unless it's Giannis Antetokounmpo or or somebody particularly imposing a Paul George, like we're going to be able to figure it out. And so the Suns have not really scuttled at all, despite seeing switching a lot this season. The last obvious one I think to me is being able to play with pace more consistently. I mean, that's been something that's been talked about all year long. The Suns are playing with pace. They're playing faster. They're making better and quicker decisions. They're getting out on the fast break more more consistently. All that stuff is there, and it wasn't last season. And it was a big emphasis of Willie Green before he got hired away. It was a big emphasis coming into the season. We saw a lot of new wrinkles where it was screens closer to the, free, to the half court line. It was um, maybe some other guys initiating the offense, you know, being being empowered to at least dribble the ball up rather than having to always find Chris Paul to walk it up after a miss or after a turnover. Little things like that, but it, it just really showed up again tonight. The Suns had eight steals. Again, they had uh, 16 point, I'm sorry, 15 points off of Nets turnovers. Um, Hold on, no. They had 17 points off of 12 Nets turnovers. I was looking in the wrong team's column, and they also were able to, uh, you know, really turn defense into offense. I would say, especially with Mikael Bridges. So those little ways are, unless this roster changes dramatically, those are the ways that the team is going to improve and be in a better position to win a title than they were last year. It's getting better in the areas where they were not as good. I mean, that sounds very simple, but when you are one and a half games effectively away from a you know, ability to win a, a championship. You're two wins away from a, a championship. You don't have to make dramatic changes to get closer. You know, it can just be, hey, some of the areas where we struggle, let's stop struggling with those. And they're doing that. So the backcourt is leading the way with a lot of that stuff, but obviously it trickles down to everybody. And this game was a perfect embodiment against an you know elite opponent, somebody who is going to be in the running for the title this year. The Suns proved, hey, we can handle that and, and we're, we're better at it than we used to be. All right, let's close things out with a couple additional recap segments. 
looking at the rotation and more. First, though, guys, a quick word from Built Bar. This year, this new year, if you are setting resolutions to get fit or eat healthier, make sure Built Bar is part of that plan. Built Bar makes it easy to stick to your resolution because it tastes good. You actually want to eat it rather than some other protein bars, which can be chalky, waxy. Honestly, for me, it's just like the thickness. They are just so big and clunky, and you never want to try to bother with it because you know it's not going to taste good. You know it's going to be a pain in the butt. But Bill Bar is none of those things. It's delicious. Again, you actually want to eat it. Covered in 100% chocolate, soft, easy to chew, packed with protein, no more than 5 grams of sugar. It's really everything you could possibly want. So this new year, go to all your secret treat stashes, whether that's home, in the pantry, at the office, in the car. Throw all the sugary treats away and replace them with Bilt Bars. Help Built Bar power you through a successful year, meeting your goals, getting where you want to go, and uh, and enjoying, and actually sticking to that resolution, which can be so difficult. So go to Built.com, use the promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. Let's close out the show here. My YouTube crapped out on me, so I am actually really bummed because this was a big game and I know a lot of fans are going to be wanting to watch, so thank you to all of those of you who are listening. I will hopefully be back on YouTube all ready to go tomorrow. I don't know why these issues have been popping up, but apparently it is a 2022 thing that YouTube and and our platform is going to test me, but uh, let's close things out here, guys. Just a few more things to get to. Benchmob vibe check. You know I love to do it. I got to... Got to hit this one. So some interesting things here. Obviously, Landry Shamit remains out. Campaign remains out. But with DeAndre Ayton returning, Monty Williams did tell us pregame, hey, he's not going to play his normal allotment of minutes. Like, be patient with this. And he's going to need to get his legs back under him. Monty also told us postgame that prior to playing in this contest, DeAndre Ayton had not even returned to five-on-fives in practice. I, I think mostly that might be because the Suns don't do a lot of five-on-fives in practice, but he only played 28 minutes. And yes, he had the four fouls and everything else, but I think it was more his win. He There were a couple moments where the Suns, where the game played out for five, six minutes in a row without a lot of stoppage, and Aiton was, was noticeably winded. So what Monty did behind that is primarily went to JaVale McGee. He himself is still not looking like his usual, uh, you know, November, December, type of guy that he that he had been so reliably for the Suns. I don't necessarily know what to how to explain that. I mean, he had his own run in with COVID. He has asthma. He obviously had the injury that he just came off of himself. So it's probably a combination of all those things. But because of that, in addition to McGee, we also saw four minutes from Biombo in the first half, which was a little bit strange. The Suns did go to more of a hedging slash blitzing defense themselves in those minutes so maybe it was something where Monty wanted to try that out and he thought with Aiton on the bench that Biombo was the better player to execute that be my guess maybe he just wants to keep Biombo fresh a little bit as well I don't necessarily have a great explanation but then we also saw Ish Wainwright get a few minutes at the five once again after doing so on Sunday night against the Spurs so a little bit of a roller coaster rotation for Monty tonight. I think he's still figuring some things out. Uh, we did see Alfred Payton probably play his best stretch in a while, frankly. Um, 13 minutes, one of one from the field. That was a very late three, but mostly 
Zero fouls and only one turnover. That's the number you really want to see. Those are the numbers you want to see stay low for Alfred, and they did. That'll be big if he can just continue to execute and play well and complement his teammates while Payne and Shamit remain out. It sounds like from John Gambadoro that both of those guys might be out till the All-Star break. So the Suns are going to need some contributions from Payton and from the rest of this roster. They did sign Justin Jackson. So we'll see. Obviously now about a week away from the trade deadline, that will come and go before we probably see Payne or Shamit again. Uh, so that that is another interesting little part of this. Does that increase the does that increase the likelihood that the Suns maybe go out and get somebody who can play in the pack court a little bit, who can play the one or the two, or at least maybe create some offense, whatever it might be? I don't know. But that's where things stand, and that's uh, that's where we are. Last but not least, I believe I have not done this one in a while because it's been almost difficult to call it much of a breakout with how integral of a piece he had been for this team, but the Cam Johnson breakout watch is continuing as he returns to the bench he did not start tonight obviously Jay Crowder is the the rightful heir to that position I think whenever he is healthy until further notice and Cam did not miss a beat we've seen some times where if he's coming back from injury or his role is changing he can have a a little bit of a long adjustment period but in this case not at all 5 of 10 from the field 4 of 8 from deep 16 points another night of big shots from Cam in addition to making them the the timeliness the clutch gene that he seems to have is is huge and tonight was no different and they're going to need that his minutes were pretty even with Crowder's again that's going to continue to be the case I think we will probably see nights in the playoffs and throughout the rest of this regular season potentially even where Cam is the guy who gets the opportunity to close games because his shot is going in and he just has the better feel and the rhythm and and maybe even the better matchup. Who knows? I don't think his defense is so bad that you really worry about it. So if his offense is really going, I I think you might see the Suns fall back there. So good stuff. The rotation, you know, not ideal to be juggling people so often still, but uh, the Suns were due for it. They got a lot of injury luck last season. They They were not going to get it this year and they have not, but they are still winning. And that's what's important. 11 straight. We'll have another episode actually today. It's already past midnight as I'm recording this. So I will talk to you guys later today with Aaron Edwards of All Caps NBA for our weekly check-in there. And then to close out the week, a recap of the Atlanta Hawks game, which is also on TNT on Thursday night at 5.30 local. So be here for that recap. YouTube will be back, hopefully, and we can keep on plugging. Enjoy your Wednesday, everybody, and I'll talk to you soon. Get ahead of postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM.